on, everybody? How are you doing? Welcome to another episode. What? Welcome to another edition of Weekly Games Chat. This is episode uh, 369. Uh, we like that number. And uh, in case you didn't know, this is the uh, the best podcast in the world as it relates to, to video games. Uh, my name is Sean. Uh, and of course I'm not alone and I am stumbling and bumbling through this intro, but that's, it's fine. It's fine. This is an epic episode, Bode. Uh, and we appreciate you being here. Shout out to our, our folks over on twitch.tv. Of course, if you come to Twitch, you can search for weekly games chat. You can see our faces. Uh, and I actually say that because we have one in chat, Mike true 92. What's up to you specifically? Uh, Mike came in and said, y'all remember when they were faceless? That was a long time ago, boys. Uh, and the boys I'm speaking to, of course, are Chris and John. Boys, how are you doing today? Good. Now that I figured that out. Yeah, that was that was nice. That was Chris, of course. And John, he's just he's looking great today. Let's just be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, reporting to you from the front lines of the Ukraine, <laughs> Vladimir Putin <laughs> continues his assault on the Ukrainian people. While the Ukrainian president continues to take pictures with celebrities, <laughs> this cannot go well. Back to you, Sean. And uh, yeah, the reason uh, John came to us live over there from the Ukraine is uh, is basically he looks like a reporter today. He looks he looks great. I've I've actually whoa, said whoa. I, I don't know if he if he looks like a novelist, you know, someone who writes books, um, or if you he know, looks like a reporter. Who writes books, you know. <laughs> Uh, over there, you know, like in Lebanon or the Ukraine, or I actually gave him a said he looks a little bit like Bobby Bones. Uh, so there you go. There's a new one that John looks like, and Chris. And I, Chris, I shouldn't, I shouldn't Google that. I mean, it, just see if you think you look like Bobby Bones. <laughs> he's go. he's a pretty big radio personality to be be quite. Look, and coming in hot on chat right now, we got uh we got things like looking sharp, John. There you go. So you're looking sharp, man. And John, as soon as we kind of we kind of like went in on him, he was Bones. like, he was like, I I shouldn't have wore this shirt. I knew I should have changed. <laughs> it would have been fine if he had had the undershirt, but yeah, because he's rocking a non undershirt look. Right yeah, now. it's very just, uh, it's very. I just wanted, I just wanted to hope that my chest hair would show up on camera. It's just it hair. <laughs> That's funny. Chesticle hair. I'll tell you what, Coke Zero is delicious. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the uh, this is the intro of the show. Um, so once again, if, if you're new, we, we seem to have some new folks, kind of relatively new, always you know checking in. So this is how this works. We start off like this. It's a hot mess express. It's called the intro. We're just kind of getting settled in. You know, we say we've done things in the previous week. We bring up jokes. Uh, we let you know if you want to see us on Twitch, how to do all that. And then we talk about a topic, but that's going to be in a minute. And here we go. I was looking for it. And if you, if you've been listening, you know that at some point, something has to be better than Odyssey. Hegg himself has checked in. And of course, John's chest hair is, is better than Odyssey. <laughs> Chat is on it, John. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so we had some things happen this week and I'm going to lead it off with, with uh, my buddy, Chris. He has been waiting for this moment. And this moment has has come and gone, and he's going to let us know what that moment is. Yeah, uh, I am the guy who stays committed to things, and therefore, unlike these are two ungrateful jerks, uh, 
I actually stay committed through Bear Call Saul, and I can say that I watched what was right on par with the Breaking Bad finale last night. It was very, very, very good. Um, Did you tell me that earlier? I think so. I mean, I it, think yeah, yeah, I was. You like those two guys, so Vince Gilligan and Pierre Gold have been together since the very first episode of Breaking Bad. And right. they just understand how to do character arcs very, very well and, and how to set up finales, I think, where they they aren't rushing around trying to like figure out nine things, right? That all have to be resolved. <laughs> kind of like Lost did. <laughs> um, you know, the the Breaking Bad finale, if you remember, they, was I, very they were all dead, man. They you know? were Break It Bad finale was very focused, right? It was very focused. Yeah. You knew exactly what Walter White was up to. And in this one, you know, I would say within the first three minutes, you knew exactly where we were going more than likely as far as the path forward. But it was still just such a good ride with a lot of surprises, too. Um, and I have to say, like he said a lot, lot of surprises, not a loss of prizes. Yes. A lot of just surprises. So- <laughs> um but yeah, hats off to those guys. I know like the Emmy voting is going on right now, and I'm I'm rooting for that show to just like sweep everything at, on the nice. drama side because it's it's one my bear one. And for the record, uh, Bear Call Saul also Bear the Nazi. So just want to throw that oh. out there. You know, see, I still can't I can't really comment on things better than Odyssey. I'm currently on Brotherhood on my journey of Assassin's Creed. Uh, we were gonna call it a replay, but it's let's just call it what it is. It's a first play. Don't call um, it a replay. Don't call it a replay. I see what you did there, John. Um, I remember you I, playing that game, though. You say you do, but a lot of stuff has not happened that I thought I remembered from this game. Well, there other was, things have happened. There was one thing you referenced specifically as far as an action that can occur right. in that game, and I was like, that got introduced in that game. I know but, that got introduced. In I know, game. but that means I would have been pretty, pretty deep into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and I, I'm pretty. I feel yeah. like I'm pretty deep into it now. <laughs> And I still, <laughs> I still don't, I don't know. Um, but I got to tell you guys this, this is going to kind of be a product plug, if you will. I'm sorry, love, but I feel like plug. I have to let the world know. Love a good plug. Uh, so I'm a fan of the hot flavored potato chips, snacks, whatever you want to call them. Currently, um, I would have said before this, what I'm about to tell you, I would have said the hot Funyuns were my favorite hot chip. I've uh, I've had the hot Doritos. I've had the hot Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, I had the hot Crunchy Cheetos. And so, uh, so out of the blue, I just go, you know what? Let's go Puff Cheetos Puff Hot, right? Life changing. So if you're a fan of the hot chips and I was sleeping on it, let me know. You know, if you want to send an email or something like that, or mention us at Twitter. Or in the Twitch chat, if I was sleeping on those and you're glad that I'm to the party, or if you're sleeping on them and you need to go to the party, I, uh, I, I you got to do it if you're a fan of the hot chips. But that out the way, and it's going to be funny that I bring up the word bidet next, because ha they go together. Ha-ha. Um, but so the last update officially that you guys knew about is the bidet had been ordered, it had been received, and it was in a box. And John was like, your wife owned you. I played that for her over and over, by the way. And she hates John now. So this is probably my last show because, you know, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She's loved loved me for 15 years. And you said the thing. 
Everybody. You said the thing, and all it takes is one strike in this household. Apparently, <laughs> I'm kidding. I I didn't I didn't tell her, but I did. I had some spare time. She was on a trip uh, this past week, and I was like, you know what? Let's try to hook up a day up. Let's see what happens. So the way these uh, things work, and if you remember, John outlined it. There's basically two things you got to do. You got to remove a toilet seat to put the bidet attachment on. That's kind of like a one part. And then the other part would be hooking the water up correctly. So I got the uh, attachment on. (laughs) Uh, I got a little nervous and I'm still a little nervous with the water part because what you have to do, got to cut your water off and then you got to hook this like T thing up, right? Because what it's, it's a splitter. And I kept reading all these comments on make sure you do this, have a bucket. And I'm like, a bucket? Uh, you may have a plastic or a metal one of these. A what? What do I got? You know, there was all these questions. And uh, I got to the point where I cut the water off and I looked and I was like, I probably need to FaceTime John. <laughs> I'm a little nervous on what I could. I actually needed to do field research with you to see what I could do. But I did just want to update you guys since last week. And it was also a test because I don't remember if you guys, I think this is why John said what he said. Last I said, I haven't put it on yet. She's threatened to never use the toilet again. And I think that's what spawned John to go, well, blah, 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 blah. Right. So, but she wasn't here. So I got brave. But I, since I didn't hook the water up, I was like, okay, let's see, you know, how this plays out so far. We're good to go. It's not un. It's. I was. I also wanted to make sure it wasn't uncomfortable, John, because you didn't let me know there was a gigantic handle hanging off the side of your toilet, like your seat. You what know. Do you, what do you think? You summoned the water through the toilet. <laughs> I don't, siphoned it. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, but that's where we're at. Hopefully, next week I can give you guys. And I. I'll, so you still haven't even shot it up your butt. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. And that's the thing. Um. Because I still, when that happens, I've made a promise to you. Yeah, I told you. I'll FaceTime you. No, I want to be there to turn the water on when you're done. Oh. (laughs) I'll be like, you ready, buddy? You ready? Nice. Um, You you ready to do this? I'll just say this. Uh, I I hear nothing but good things for people who own own these things. I've not heard one person go, that's the biggest mistake of my life. I'll tell you that. So... I'm ready for some ecstasy. <laughs> and there you go, folks. There you go. First um, time, first time is a shocker. It's like, woo. Yeah. You know, but um, you get, you get to where you're, <laughs> yeah. it's like the first time you use, never mind. <laughs> it's like the first time you use a, a, a preparation H wipe. Right. The first time I ever used one. Right. My eyes went back into my head. It was like <laughs> it was blissful. It was blissful. Yeah. I never felt I'd never felt anything like that. Yes. And and, and yeah. you, you and you also go, I've never been clean before this moment is what well, I've heard. But it, but at the same time, I never got that feeling again. Yeah. Using them. You've lost that lovely feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Old man chat. Old man chat. Uh, Speaking of, uh, well, no, that's probably a bad transition. I I did want to say this. I heard it on the radio today. I was listening to uh, Eddie Trunk. That's a a rock radio guy. That's a pretty famous name. You'd either recognize it or you don't. He's got a show on Sirius XM. 
And he reminded the world that today would have been 45 years since the passing of Elvis Presley. Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys, have we talked about if you guys were fans of Elvis or not on the uh, show? Presley? Yeah. Yes. Big fan. You're, you're a fan, not just an appreciation of Elvis, like for what he did and eventually nah, I mean, he influenced everything. Some of his older or his earliest stuff is interesting. Uh, and it's very important to rock and roll, but like the stuff he did from 68 to the mid seventies is like some of the most unique, great sounding American music I've ever listened to. Nice. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's you, the you Elvis, a fan really like. Elvis or not Kentucky rain, baby. Yeah. I, is that there the thing? <laughs> I think I'm, I think I like some Elvis songs, but saying I'm a fan, I don't think I'm quite there, but I definitely understand the appreciation. And Eddie Trunk told a story about um, basically how when you're a fan of something and something happens to that person or entity or thing, it can like affect you emotionally. He remembers walking home the day of and his mom, who didn't know Elvis, only appreciated his music, was a fan like the rest of the world that time, had to sit down next to a wall or a, like a freezer because they were in like this deli and cry. She cried because it was it was devastating, and I I thought, have we have we lost a in our lifetime per se? I know some people think we're ancient. We were not alive when Elvis died. I'll tell you that much. But I guess we had Michael Jackson that affected yeah. people that way when he died. Prince, uh, Prince, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there you go. It was there. You- it, there was a couple of weeks <laughs> ago when I was at trivia. Um, they every now and then they'll do a round of Family Feud, right? And it was top five uh, names that people or celebrities that people have named their babies after. And I had to fight against my team who is like, you know, well, you know, one was Jeff and Jeff's just doesn't think about this kind of stuff. I think and then, like the other <laughs> two are, you know, the other two people on my team are honestly, they're just younger. So they were all arguing Michael Jackson. I was like, I guarantee you without doubt, number one is Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it's just, it, he's the, I mean, at, Michael's probably the only person who's probably gone to that level of like singular person, you know, like personality that's gone to that level. Um, obviously yeah. the Beatles are on their level, but that's a group of people. So, yeah. And, and some of them are still alive, yeah. you know? So, but yeah, there you go. And I I just learned, and this is going to tie this back to our show. Uh, I know my friend, Mike, our friend of the show, Mike, I know his birth date. He has now said in Twitch chat that him and Elvis sit, share the same birth date. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's a fun fact. <laughs> well, I, I knew, and I guess I knew his birth date, but when he said it was Elvis's, I was like, is that, is that a real thing? If you watch uh, if you watch Elvis's later concerts, I think even starting with Aloha from Hawaii, you can, you know, he'd always have that backup band with him, <clears throat> and you just you it's a great it's a great performance, but you start to see the beginnings of him forgetting lines from his songs, forgetting, you know, sweating profusely. I mean, he started that whole throwing a handkerchief out into the crowd because he began to profusely sweat when he would perform, and this and I mean this rendition of unchained melody i don't know if it's in the movie or not it is um but you see a member of his band holding the mic for him sweating profusely obviously in a tremendous amount of pain and it's not even necessarily a great performance it's it's actually not but it's legendary because of those of the struggle you could see that he was kind of on his way out of being a musician or close to death i mean and people people joke unfunnily that that 
that song Unchained Melody almost killed him. That was, if I recall that video of that performance, that's the last performance he gave before he died. That's on, you know, actually on film. Um, does does the actor do the song himself or does he do it no they know? didn't they didn't try to do that but i mean he, we're talking about the movie now uh now and mm. movie this meow. kid yeah <laughs> this uh <laughs> i have to say i didn't know who this kid really was before seeing i saw the movie this weekend that kid nails it like he gets because like to john's point when you watch no matter what age of elvis you watch he's kind of like a james brown like he does not take anything with him off the stage and it's to a point like where even when he's later on and he's overweight and he's on pills and everything he's still giving it his all every single night cuz that's just the only way he knows how to go right um yeah. but unfortunately the other side of it is when you're that messed up sometimes you ain't got a lot to give right <laughs> either mm-hmm. but i mean like just uh, there's a lot of great moments in there like from you know his 68 special like, comeback uh, tour comeback performance yeah like you know the the end i mean he's that's the coolest he's ever looked all black leather jeez I, I wanted to be him when i saw that special well like you have that part in there but that you know you also have the end of it right where he does the protest song in tribute to um martin luther king you know and that's one of the most beautiful elvis songs that i've ever heard mm-hmm. you know like it's it's up there probably like my, my top five elvis songs you know just there are a ton of them that are great but it does a really cool job as far as the movie of just showing like why people flock to elvis you know which yeah is and speaking of the movie it's out in theaters now you fans of the of of elvis this is your chance to see it what i would we've hear chris will say it he's seen good things about it mm-hmm. but i noticed the show times they're kind of few and far between i don't know if that's because it's been out a while yeah or because the movie is approaching three hours you can you rent it, it now so and it's rentable like yeah. chris did at home Mm-hmm. with Mon- with Monty. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> and um <clears throat> my voice is gone because I'm about to cuss the ever living, you know what, out of Mike 3479 because he is determined uh to be Mike in our chat. So we're going to end the intro segment now if you boys don't have anything else. Uh I don't know if you do or not. John, John, you actually contributed to the intro. You were like, I don't have it and you were I want to see I, you in a black just, Elvis suit now. I just want the members of our chat to remember to please be appropriate to each other. That's all. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ban hammer. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's show or streaming it, however you're doing it. Uh, You know we've arrived at the topic time, so if you have listened to the entire intro and you're here, or if you saw the time marker and you came directly to hear it, doesn't matter, we're all home now. And what I do at this point is I basically shut up because Chris is going to properly introduce this topic, and he's going to be the one pretty much to let us know about it as well. Chris? The topic is... Cult of the Lamb! That's the name of the game. 
Yeah, it is. I, I just I just want to preface with the audience that that I don't generally fear Chris. In, in, in general, there are moments that Chris can terrify me, but the idea of Chris engaging in the even the concept of a cult should worry the world. Now listen, and John and I we agree on that. We both FBI, FBI should raid his apartment. Listen, right and we both played a game called Ravenous Devils where we cut up people in a meat grinder. This is kind of weird, the cult game. Chris is in a cult. You know, it's funny that John is the one who's worried of all the people. Um, (laughs) Because, boy, oh, boy, do I have some stories for you. (laughs) Yeah, we're about to find out, John. This is a tease. My cult never broke the law, and they could leave anytime. Here's (laughs) the deal. Everybody, if you're a fan of this show or you're a friend of Chris, a friend, you're a friend of Chris. Frank. You're about to find out that you are most likely in this cult as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Cult of the Lamb is from, was it Massive Monster Studio, I think is the name. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it's right. Uh, out by Devolver Digital. You can get it anywhere. Pretty much Switch, PC, Xbox, PlayStation. It's all there for you. Where did you get it, Chris? I got it on Steam because... Uh, course i love my 165 frames per second which you pretty much are always going to get from these smaller games right especially when it's a roguelike uh which is what one half of this is is roguelike but as implied there's also a cult and with this cult is a civilization builder and folks the best part of this game is building that cult why because first off you get to name the cult which, of course, I named Weekly Games Chat, right? Oh, no. Yes. And every single follower you bring into the cult, you can also name. Guess what the first two names I got on there were in the cult? <laughs> one was named Sean, and one was named John. You know what would have been great is if you low-key spelled our names wrong, because, you know, that's a shtick. That would be like <laughs> S-E-A-N and J-O-H-N. Yeah. Uh, and I have every single person who has come into the cult has either been someone I have specifically know in life, you know, like like Josh is on there. Jeff is on there. Mike D is on there. Uh, or it is someone, uh, from weekly games chat. So I think I've got, um, Hey, I put him in there. Um, I want to say I put punk head in there. (laughs) Uh, nacho. I thought about putting Platt in, but that, just, is is he is he still a lawyer? Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where is he? Let I me, don't know. As far as the overview, the the way this game starts is like you're a lamb, right? And you're basically at the very beginning. You're being brought to a sacrificial spot, and you're before these old gods, these four old gods, and basically they say, "Look, once we kill you, the ability for." this uh basically let's just call him the devil i can't remember exactly what they call him um to to be successful to do what he's trying to do which is to kill these old gods right they figure as long as you die then the chance of the cult a cult being formed and for them to rise up and be beaten is dead so they kill you but of course as soon as they do you go to a, like an astral plane and you stand before this devil like creature that's been chained down 
And he says, I'm choosing you to lead my cult. And he says, go form a cult in your name, raise it up and defeat these old gods and free me. Right. So that's kind of what your setup is, is that yeah. you're put on this path that you get slowly. You start out with just a couple of followers. And what you do is you go in and you're going, trying to unlock the opportunity to kill one of these old gods. And this is where the roguelike thing comes in because every time you go into one of their dungeons, the maps are completely randomly generated. You don't know what you're going to face. And once you go through a section of the dungeon, you get done and it kind of goes out to a wider map, which is it for anyone who played slay the spire. You'll understand what I'm saying here. You have various branching paths that you could take. So like the first God, you have to go through three little mini dungeons before you can face a boss. Right. And if you do all that, you get all these rewards for your cult and you unlock one chain of the piece to eventually open up the opportunity to defeat that old God. And you're always repeating this. And like I say, it can be random. Sometimes you have to go through and be enemies. Our times it might be, Oh, here's an opportunity to find a new follower that you can rescue and bring him back to your cult. Maybe there's supplies out there that you can just randomly get right. Or vendors, all these various things that are kind of sitting out there through the roguelike world. So that's, gotcha. that's the first half of this game. And, and to and to backtrack, it's not called the devil. Uh, and shout out to uh, mm-hmm. uh, where is he at? Oh, SoFly for he asked it, he put it in chat while I was googling it as well. Is it? Cthulhu? It is called the the one who waits. Ah, uh, so yes. <laughs> you said that's the first half. Mm. Well, he's saying the first half of the of, setup. Of, of yeah, of the loop. Like this is yeah. one half of the game of what you're doing, right? Yeah. It's going. But the ro- but the roguelite stuff happens throughout the game it's just a half of what it consists of yes like half of it is going through these dungeons that are randomly gen- generated and trying to make it through and defeat a boss whether it's like a kind of a a mid-level boss to then eventually an old god which would be a major boss right so so put a pin in that or mm-hmm. you can talk about it now but put, i want to make i want to see if that causes any balance issues because that's strange to me Mm. Um, the other side of it, John, did you hear what I said? <laughs> as far as balance is it? I mean, do you mean balance as far as like the whole game or do you mean like in the sense of, no, it's just your reaction. You went, Hmm, <laughs> I found it mm. funny. Um, I was, I, it was one of those, Hmm, when you didn't really hear me, but you just pretend like you heard me, I but heard I think you. you did hear me. I think yeah. you did. But anyways, um, the other side of the game, of course, though, is once you get through those runs, yeah. you come back and you take, the followers you have. And at first you just kind of have this open space and it's kind of basic, right? If I got two followers and there's a bunch of trees and a bunch of stones, what do you do? You send one person to go off and get cut down trees. Another person goes and, you know, mine stone and maybe you go around, there'll be berries and things like that. You pick up berries and all this so that you have basic components. Eventually as you go through the initial steps, you find out that they can worship you, right? They can pray to an altar. And as that mm-hmm. altar feeds up, it eventually unlocks the ability to unlock new structures, which you can build. Like for instance, like say building a little farm or being able to build them a, a sleeping bag so that they have somewhere to sleep at night. Uh, eventually you get to a point where you're building an actual temple, 
where you can go and hold a daily sermon and, you know, everyone can come and worship you. And that also is in booing in, um, ah, giving more power to you, right? Like their worship and unlocking more things, making you stronger as you go on. You're also trying to win them over by giving them blessings, doing quests for them that make them more in line with being happy with the cult, right? So, you know, every time you go do a quest or you make sure they're happy or you give them a blessing, do your sermon, their little meter goes up. And as they level up, they give you more uh, resource that eventually unlocks, makes you overall just stronger in general, right? So, uh, Sean, this, uh, you, you might say Brotherhood is a cult game. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's, you're not wrong. Uh, Brotherhood, some people may look at as a cult depending on your perspective, right? Uh, and that's that's kind of what makes cults interesting to me because people who aren't in it go, you're a cult. <laughs> and people who are in it are like, we're, we're a family. <laughs> now, as you eventually go through this, you get to a point where when you have enough faith in you, you can start to unlock doctrines for your cult where you can make decisions kind of in the direction of rituals that your cult is going to perform. Like for instance, you could have one where you unlock uh, for food where you could say, man, I'm really short on food. Cause you get that, that becomes a problem very early on in the game. You can go ahead and tell your cult that they're going to do a ritual where they don't eat for four days. So you don't have to worry about hunger or anything starving and infecting the mood of the cult. Because what you're going to find out very quickly is that once your initial source of resource that they give you is used up and you haven't had the ability to go through and do a ton of runs to have a source of uh, supplies to give back to your community, they get pissed off real quick. And that happens about, I would say about an hour in. I think they do it by design because they want to treat, you know, it's kind of like the learning point where they're like, look, you need to make sure you're not neglecting this because the more you neglect them, the more pissed off they become and they will start to eventually descent on you. And this is where our story begins of what I would call the ballad of John. <laughs> John, it could have been anyone. There was four or five people in the call at this point. Unfortunately for you, you were the person who first decided you had had enough of the cult of Chris. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, right. And I was like, this is fitting. You know, and at first I tried to appease you. I went out there and I kept working. I was like, I'll get him food. He'll be a happy boy once he gets some food. But John, you're a bit much. And eventually we got to a point where one of the tenets I unlocked as far as doctrines and rituals was I could sacrifice people. Well, John, when I come back and you're going over to Sean and telling him how he shouldn't believe him to me, and then you go over to Josh, who's a sweet boy, and tell me he shouldn't believe in me, you know, that's just a problem for me. And that was the moment when I unlocked ritual sacrifice that John became the first sacrificial lamb of this game. Oh, no, John. <laughs> Rip. And, and was sacrificed <laughs> to give it me. This and game is messed up. And now I, I know... I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's got to be the end of the battle, John. No, it was not the end of the battle, John. Because over time, you, you begin. You martyred me, didn't you? I totally martyred you. 
you unlock other things. And one of the things you can eventually unlock is the ability to bring people back from the dead. Guess who the zombie first, John guess who the first person who got brought back from the dead in the game was, of this course, guy. of course it was John. I, I resurrect John for the dead and I want him to know he will never be okay. Even though he might think he's okay. And I, I gave him some false hope. The first thing I did was I had unlocked the ability to marry one of my um, one of my followers. So I married John. Oh, but that Woke. was that was probably the happiest moment of 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 John, the cult member's life, because for Listen, the rest of the time. It I need not- to ask you before when John was showing out, uh, I was reading in chat that it's very easy to neglect Mm-hmm. Your followers. Did you neglect John? Is that why he showed out and you had to? Like, I don't kill think him? so. For the most part, the only art person who has come to the point of being a, a true jerk. And if John had been second and been later, he would have gotten the same treatment was Jeff. And that didn't surprise me because we all know Jeff. And I was like, well, he probably deserves this. At that point, luckily, I built a prison. So Jeff went to prison. He got to, it, which is like kind of just like one of those classic, you know, think medieval towns where in the public square, someone's got their head in the, in between the two pieces of wood and their arms are there too. You know, they're just locked in. They stay there all day. That That's what came to Jeff. But at some point, Sean came up to me. Yeah. And he's just the happiest. He's the, one of my loyalist guys. And you go like, you know, it'd be funny. It'd be funny if someone had to eat a bowl of poo. So I go and oh, you know, no. one of the things you have to do in this game is uh, one of the mechanics oh, as far as no. making sure your cult is doing well is until you get outhouses and stuff like that, you have to go around and pick up poo. And when people vomit or else people eventually, you know, they can get start getting sick and things like that. And they'll just be disgusted by the fact of how bad the place is. Um, and it actually does serve purpose too, because you can actually take the poo and use it as fertilizer for your crops, which will then yield better, you know, results on them. They'll be, you'll get more in return. So like there is actually some really good systems with everything in the game, maybe say for vomit, vomit's just vomit, you know, does the game call it poo? Yes. Does the game call it vomit? Yes. yes. Um, so also, every, everybody, again, just for clarification, you're a lamb and everybody's lambs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all just a bunch of lambs. Well, not lambs. Around. Okay. The, you unlock various forms. Uh, I think John okay. was a fox. You are, you're a cow. You're a little cow. Of course I am. I yeah. like pizza. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jeff is like a rock creature thing. I don't know. I can't remember. Like uh, Fantastic Four rock yeah. guy. And you know what the funniest thing of all this is? You know, he's been the most loyal, just like, just does what he needs to do. You're a real life with. best friend, right? Yeah. Josh. Well, no. Well, Josh too. Josh is definitely up there, but surprisingly, Hard hard worker doesn't ever talk back to me or anything. Just wants my blessing and does whatever I ask of him. Is uh, Mike D. Mike D. Is consistently one of my most loyal. Followers. That is in real life. Mike is very loyal, mm-hmm. but doing things quietly, it's the opposite of real life. Mike. If I could make a mod where Mike just walked around and when someone else wasn't helping him with something, he just said, don't worry about it. I got it. It would be the greatest game ever. But uh, yeah, so Sean came up to me one day and he wanted to see what would be like if I made someone eat a bowl of poo. So I go, (laughs) I go to the food station and sure enough, there's a recipe to make a bowl of poo. 
And then who do you think got called over to test this experiment out? Yeah, that was John. Then John got sick and he died again. I was a zombie. Yeah, it's fine. Apparently you, who was your kryptonite buddy? Guess what happened again? If you don't, if you don't give this game a six out of 10, I'm quitting. Did you res John again? Did he get battle rest? John got brought back again. This time as a, just, I had a new follower and I just made him look like John. (laughs) So Um, fake John. Yes. I was just like, we're just going to say I've been viewed this. Eventually I got, I've got to the point now in the bout of John of where (laughs) 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 poor John, uh, John is now to the point where I've unlocked, um, a station that allows me to convert my followers into a demonic being that follows me around dungeons. So you just follow Chris all day. Yes. And that's what John got converted into again. (laughs) Better not follow him on bean day, buddy. (laughs) And John, John has been going around sacrificing himself. They're calling you faux John in chat. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily die, but he kind of like blows up in a way to help protect me. Yeah. But I'd like to believe every time he blows up that there's painful screams and agony every single time. That's messed so up. So I'm like Kenny now. Yes. You're you're so what Kenny is a South Park, you all you are to Chris's cult. Yes. <laughs> also known as weekly game chat cult. Yes. Good God. <laughs> but yes, God. um the systems though, they get really complex. Like, you know, they feed very well. Um and you're going through like, you know, as I said, it starts out simple, but like First, it's just get basic things like be able to have someone have a lumber mill or a stone mill, right? Build a farm, have a seed thing, put various seeds that you get in the world and have someone go out there and plant and water all the crops so that when you come back, you can harvest all that, go to the cooking station, replenish everyone. At first, Mm -hmm. as I said, I've got to go around, pick up the poo and vomit. Eventually, I get to the point where I can build outhouses and those have like a meter. So that like, you know, as long as you're checking them and not letting them overflow, you have a good resource as far as uh, fertilizer and all of that. And you don't have to wander around the whole entire cult area to pick up all that stuff. And eventually you can get a janitor station and assign someone to do that kind of stuff for you. So you don't have to do it. Um, On top of that, you're also getting to the point where you could take all that resource and then convert it through other stations so it gets more complex crafting items that unlock even more higher level things right it's a really good system uh for the most part on there the one thing that does kind of suck though i will say where it does come up a little short is actually managing as your as your cult starts to get pretty big it gets a little harder to keep tabs on everything and to know like how many people do I have working on this versus working on that. I don't know if I've missed it, but I haven't seen like a good overview. Like the only way it seems like you can do things is if I walk up to Sean, um, and you know, say, Hey, Hey buddy, Hey buddy, you're going to be in charge of farming. Go do some farming buddy. And that's what you do. But it does also do a thing where eventually, um, it will make sure, that if you have things that need to be done, like for instance, if you ever build like assign something to be built, pretty much all your followers stop what they do they're doing at that moment. And they go straight to that thing and build it all together to make sure it's done. Right. 
Uh, the same with like, as soon as you set up a, a station to, to build the more complex material, if I load up material to be converted into those things, someone's going to go over there and make sure they, uh, they take care of it. So you kind of just, you know, you understand after a while that like it's yeah. auto assigning, but again, it would be nice. Like for me, for someone who has played a lot of these kind of civilization type games, you know, and things like yeah, that, I'm thinking a beaver game. Or right. just like, not even like, you know, just like Age of Empires, right? Like True. knowing, like, you know, I have this number of barracks and I have this number of seed shops and I can kind of know how quickly I can produce yeah. everything. You know, you don't necessarily always have that level of grasp. At least I haven't seen it yet. Um, and I'm, I pretty much unlocked, I think, everything up there now up to the final level of uh and you would think regardless you would think that would be one of the early things you get mm-hmm. an overview ish so you could yeah it would tell you as your you know your followers grow this is how you manage them how you see them correct so that's and, kind of a that's kind of a letdown and it is a little bit important and there are a couple times you do have a good grasp on it like um your followers do age and eventually they do die like <gasps> from old age yeah like josh is uh I, I actually gave josh because he was very loyal He's always a good boy. Um, I unlocked an <laughs> ability where I could basically make someone ascend to another plane of existence. So that's like when he so was So Josh goes to time. heaven while me and John just are like, whatever. Well, you're not quite there yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, got, I still got a chance. You, you got to hope that the ritual. Our father. So the who thing with this, the ritual has a cooldown timer. So, you know, like we got to just hope you survive. Otherwise, you're yeah, going into a pit. Gotta make it to the cooldown. We're just going to chuck you into a pit and bury you. <laughs> or maybe I'll sacrifice you for the good of the cult. Hey, I'm, I'm giving you my word right now. If it's for the cult, mm-hmm. I'm down. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, as, as you go along with this, uh, you also have even more things going on because uh, when you're in the cult area, there's also instead of just going into the roguelike dungeons, you can also go out to this greater map that has various sections that unlock that kind of feed you for getting certain resource or doing certain things that provide things to you in return. One, the first one you get is this little cabin and you can go up there and uh, you'll eventually meet people along the way in your journey that they, they know the guy who led the cult before you and they really like to play this game called knuckle bones. I think is what it's called, which is you can go up to this cabin and play this mini game, which is pretty fun. It's like a dice game where you're trying to on a nine by nine or three by three grid kind of roll dice and outthink your opponent to where you eliminate his dice and you have the higher score total when you, uh, when the whole entire grid fills up for one person. Um, I've actually had a blast. I wish there was more opponents that would randomly pop up, but I haven't seen but three so far. So, um, that's a fun activity. There's fishing, which is good for twofold because there's a guy who runs the fishing camp. And first off, if you get like certain rare ones, like a squid or a crab or something like this, he'll give you upgrade stuff for it in return. But eventually it's also good because you can go out there, do fishing and then bring that back and it gives you better food options. You know, obviously if you're doing fish versus just berries, that's more nutrients for your people, which means you need to craft less food. Right. And you know, generally they have a lower chance of getting sick, which is good. Um, 
you also have uh, this mushroom type forest where you'll find yeah. like, these mushrooms in the world. And of course, you, oh, come Richard back, forest. you come back and you can plant the <laughs> mushrooms for your own people and use them in dishes. But you can also take them again to this person and trade them for certain resources that he provides directly to your group. Um, what's what's a cult without mushrooms, right? Right. You got to have the mushrooms, man. How are we going to find gotta, God without mushrooms? You got to have cyanide, right? Yeah. Whoa, that's that's for emergency use only, John. <laughs> but that's um, for the that's for the exit strategy. Yes, that <laughs> one's that one's yeah. But yeah, uh, but getting back to it, the dungeons themselves, as far as the combat, um, I wouldn't say it's the most overly complicated. Uh, do you guys, Sean? You might play this back in the day. Did you play Castle Crashers at all? I can't remember. <laughs> Well, you had an Xbox 360 at the time, so you might have played. I think those. I did. I only laughed because I did not expect you to say the words "Castle Crashers," and yes. it was funny to me. It reminds me a lot of yeah. that, like because you know, it's all 2D, um, yes. but like you know, in a large environment. Sure. And uh, every run, I would say the runs themselves, they, they're kind of structured a little bit in the vein of um, Dead Cells, where you go into the start of the dungeon and it pops yeah. up and says. Here's the weapon you're starting out with, and here's like a special alt that you can have. So like maybe one run you go in and you have a hammer, and that hammer does extreme damage to everything, but at the same time, it's very slow versus a dagger, which is going to do very little damage, but you know, you could swing it extremely fast. And it it makes every interaction you're in when you're actually going through the environments very different, right? Because especially like when you get to these bosses, I've had times when I've died simply because I have a very slow moving hammer and I don't have many opportunities. Yeah, you do. To, you know, to do the damage versus like if I have a sword and say it's like a sword, like you you can get weapons that are you know, either have poison or they're vampire weapons. So they drain, you know, they kind of do a bleeding effect on the enemy as well. Uh, well like, dot. Yeah. Like all that, you know, like it makes it a lot easier to bring down some bosses than others. It's just every boss kind of has its own little unique mechanics. And based on that, the weapons that you get throughout your run kind of make it, um, you know, a little, unique as to how that boss fight is going to go down. Like the one I'm on right now, I died with literally, he had half a sliver of health left. And it was because early on, it took me forever to get in with the hammer and and not get hit by, (laughs) and not get hit by like three projectiles. But something tells me if I run that dungeon again, I get back to him and I have a sword or a dagger. I'll probably, I know his pattern so well that I will be able to mess him up. And not take any damage. Just something tells me. Well, I gotta, I gotta bring this up only because you brought it up. Mm-hmm. If you did want to play Castle Crashers, Chris, like it, you don't have to have a 360. It was remastered, mm-hmm. and it's available on Nintendo Switch. Really, it's and it's it's great. Uh, and I didn't know this, but Acid said it's a good game, kind of like is. to what you were saying and what you were alluding to. Uh, my laughter was not at the game; it was at the fact that I heard those words. I had, I don't remember this game at all. I looked it up. I did not play it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, just to kind of circle back to that. But um, there are some comments in chat talking about hammers and sizes and how you use a hammer. I'm just saying, mm. Chris, you should have used your hammer better. I'm not very good with a hammer. I'm not very good with the axe. The dagger, the gauntlets, uh, and the the sword, I think, have been my go-to, like where I know 
this run is something that I'm probably going to accomplish. I also say it is unique in the sense of um, while it is a roguelike, it's not a like others I've seen, like Hades, Dead Cells, um, you know, even uh, Returnal and all that. Generally, you don't have a difficulty option, right? For those games, it's just like there is the difficulty in slurring the mechanics and getting through. There is a difficulty option that will pop up. Um, I think on default, it's pretty generous. Like, you know, it's generally only been on boss fights and maybe the first time going through just because I have a bad setup that or not one that I really like to use, right? Um, have been about the only things that have killed me. And usually it is a situation where I've got the boss down to like maybe two or three more hits and I just, you know, bad luck just can't get it done. Um, but overwhelmingly, I mean, like, I think it was, I went through the whole entire first, uh, old God section and beat him before I even died in this game, um, for the first time. So it's not like one, you know, it's not like dead cells. Dead cells is the, how far can I get? You know, can I keep going and, and unlock shortcuts to make my progression faster the next time I start out? This is, hey, I know I'm going to have four or five rooms that I have to go through, right, to beat this this loop of it. And then even if I lose, it's still I'm going to come back and it's going to be four or five rooms or whatever it is to get through this loop of it. And you just kind of have to you know once you get the combat down it's pretty easy to kind of know where you're going though i am interested to see how the final set of bosses are because there are kind of cool enemies that keep getting added in like right now i have enemies that when you're going through the dungeon part of it you know you hit and they explode or they launch as a projectile when you hit them and they explode wherever they hit um, I have other ones that you see them charging up in the c- corner and they go across the screen, uh, screen and try to hit you. And when, if they do come close, they blow up on you. Um, so, you know, there's, there's things like that. You're being thrown up. That's making it a little bit more chaotic as you go later and later into the game. Um, but still at this point, like I said, I don't think it's like a Hades where you're going to have some boss fight. That's pretty much a, a gate lock, so to speak right. of like, how good is this build you've made? How good are you at this game now? You know, how well, how many things have you leveled up and systems have you unlocked? It's more of a, okay, I did this and I beat this and now I have this. So now it means I I'm at this level and it's just making sure that when you do these individual runs that, you know, you're not being foolish and you're just being respectful of what's around you. Um, and if there's, an easier path and you've maybe lost a little bit of health going like, Oh, there's a thing for a shop. I'm going to go do that instead of doing another set of dungeons or, Oh, there's a thing that will give me an extra heart. Let me go do that. So I get some health back. Um, you know, as you go through the art thing that's kind of going on, that is very much like dead cells. As you go through those dungeons, you come in contact with a, with a tarot card reader and, as you play the game more and more, you can unlock more cards for his deck. And basically his deck is giving you random chance of upgrades. So like you can have it where simple as reads the map, 
right? You know, or reveals the map to you. So you know exactly what the best path through a dungeon is and where all the hidden, you know, upgrades might be. Uh, other ones of course are just like upgrading your critical damage or getting rid of, uh, any damage from, from poison or anything else like that. You know, all that is kind of coming into play that will make it a little bit easier for you as you get, um, later in the game. Like, you know, when you go into a boss and you've got an upgraded weapon that, you know, does 1.2, uh, or does like a 2.5 multiplier on critical hits and you got another one that increases your, increases your critical (laughs) hit chance by 10%. Uh, and you've also got something that says, Oh, Hey, you've got 10% chance for every time you hit an enemy that you'll get healed. Like you, you start to feel like, okay, this is a really good build. And I feel very, bro. my brain hurts just from you saying that. I don't know (laughs) if I'd feel that way. I was thinking the, 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 I think the last roguelike I played was cadence of Hyrule. And this had the chance to be the next roguelike. I, I don't play these a lot. You mm-hmm. do. I think John likes them a little bit. Sure. Um, but that's it's crazy that it's it's being described as almost like a hybrid roguelike, if that it, makes sense. It is. Which is cool. That's, I think that's what grabbed me. Because I like roguelikes, but it does take some time to get into them. Because, you know, like even Rogue Legacy 2 here I've had, but I really just haven't sunk time into it. Not because... I mean, I love the first game and it's definitely more of that. It's just that like returnal dead cells, Hades, whatever you, you go in with these understandings that the first couple of hours are going to be painful and there's going to be a lot of death. <laughs> uh, but of course the idea is through death, you learn a on systems and B generally you have something you retain that makes you stronger for the next run. There's not as much of that here, even though it's in here. And the fact that, as I said, like I could see things from Slay the Spire. I could see things from something like, um, you know, uh, uh, was the game I, I'm losing my mind right now where you go and you had your farm. <sighs> it was a very popular game here in the last couple of years. Uh, it was a sprite based looking game. Yeah. Um, Stardew Valley. Yes. Thank you. Stardew Valley. Um, just things like any kind of, civilization type building game or uh, management type game you know the fact that there's a dice game in there that it's just fun <laughs> or you know that you can go fishing and all these other things i mean there's there's a lot of stuff that has pulled into this that they you could tell like these guys are oh we're fans of this we're fans of that let's let's make this all work together well, and that's what i'm reading a lot of it the people when they speak generally favorable reviews on it they're like yeah it's a roguelike here but there's so much other stuff customizable stuff player choices it just makes it very replayable. Yeah. It makes I mean, it very fun. You know? Even like down to the doctrine things, because like there's, there's five or six things and there's usually one that's more positive of the choices you can make versus more negative. And like, you know, the old one tells you, he's like, look, these people are, you're not here to make them happy. They're here to serve a purpose. So, you know, I could totally understand why someone takes the negative route, because I'm guessing in the end, it's probably going to make you a little bit stronger doing certain rituals that, you know, unlock certain abilities faster versus like keeping your whole entire cult happy. Like if I want to, I could be going up in every two or three days being like, okay, y'all are going to starve. And by the way, you're not going to sleep. You're just going to work nonstop because I've set up these things to get that kind of production out of you. And to their point, there's one that comes on later 
for unlocking with life where you could be like, if you want to do that kind of society, you could say, I get more benefit and faith from having young people in my cult than old people. AKA I'm not here to let Sean get to be, you know, 60 years old in the game. He's here to mine as much as he can for me. Until NFL he, running back time yeah, frame. Yeah. Until he drops <laughs> over years <laughs> and then we'll go throw him in a body pit and we'll move on. Or, you know, Oh, Sean's getting a little dissenting. Let's just go kill Sean and get a new Sean. There you go. Shank the throat. Yeah. New Sean. <laughs> you can, you could do that. That's how you want to play this game, which again makes it kind of cool. Cause in that way, it's a little bit like an immersive sim, right? Like the cult side, it really is up to you what kind of deity you want to be and how you want to, to run this thing. Um, I'm interested to see how it concludes. Some tells me things aren't going to go well when I unlock the old one. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be a, I, you know, John said this earlier, put a pin in it from that thing he talked about, but like, I definitely want you to follow back up maybe in an intro mm-hmm. in the coming weeks to say how that ended up for you. Cause yeah, I mean, you, John started this conversation by saying we're worried because you were very excited about starting a cult. <laughs> it really, I is. mean, like we were like, are we moving to Texas? Like what's happening right now? I downloaded. Like, uh, yeah. John thought it was David Koresh and he found out I am much harsher than David Koresh with my, <laughs> my, my cult. Um, but you know, it, it was one of those games where there was a, if you're interested in it, there is a demo on steam um that you could try and i played it like the first five minutes and yeah you got as, you bought it that's what you said yeah as soon as i play i said this is me i knew it and you know even talk me and john were talking friday and he said to me he said you know yeah i kind of figured that game had you know you written all over it because you know, john knows i want to torture people and make them do horrendous things it's so I, funny how it's creepy and adorable looking at the same time it, it, so so much so much big eyed big eyed sheep adorable and they wave around and they bob when they talk but then there's blood everywhere it's just really it's creepy stuff it reminds me a lot of um for those who have watched south park the woodland critters where like they get introduced and they're all like oh geez scan let's go find santa and then you find out they're actually part of a satanic ritual cult that sacrifices um babies and the hope of (laughs) of bringing back the, the, the antichrist pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably in the minority. I, a lot of you are like, this game looks great. This game is beautiful. I look at it and I just go, eh. it's, it's very pretty. For well, you say that and I'm looking at a video of it and I'm just, I'm still, it's just not pulling. It's not pulling at me. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I know, but you know, look, it's two out of three pulling, of us. It's not pulling on you like a cold. Exactly. Word? Exactly. No, the game's, just, the game's premise yeah. in and of itself, the concept of the game, it doesn't really pull me in either. I just, from a visual standpoint, it's a cool looking game. It has, it's wacky looking. That I could definitely say is a compliment. I want but this. As far as, as far as controlling people, you know me, I don't like controlling people. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's It's one of those games for them. The the thing that makes me like most interested is like I want this game to be successful for them because like I'm like, wow, don't don't take the premise of the game, like take that out of it, right? It's just more of I would love to see what this team does when it has more money. 
right and can do a bigger budget thing than than this because it seems like they have their finger on the pulse of like looking at various things that games have done the last couple of years and going take this and this and mix them together and and let's see what we can make out of it right and that's what they did here so i'm i'm rooting for these guys yeah definitely a cool concept i've never heard of a cult game before mm-hmm. i've heard of cult followings John never played black or white. In that game, you're just straight up God. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will say that um, I basically, I think it was Heg. Yeah. Heg, he noticed I, it didn't pull me, so I'm not a believer. Um, so I, right now I'm not in the cult. For John, real, for real. Sean, I really wish he hadn't said that. It's not going to be a good <laughs> night for Sean. After. Rip to end game Sean tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey I, and look i got a squirrel when i said later in chat you know what happens now because i'm not in the cult i'm not feeling it you guys will just invite me to something like spaghetti night you know just something that seems normal you know and then and then i gotta say i think we got to do a road trip uh because now acid wants me he's got me wanting to go to mom's spaghetti in detroit y'all down okay. road trip they even have spaghetti sandwiches there <laughs> exactly they really love marinara. this is <laughs> this is when i get into the cult because it's like we we also have spaghetti sandwiches mm-hmm. <laughs> my parents used to look at me crazy when i put spaghetti between two pieces of bread that is a little weird just put it just take a bite of the spaghetti and then the bread it doesn't look as weird same effect it's not the same <laughs> <laughs> but uh chris anything else to add that's that's legit man wow oh, i think i'll say what i need to say Say what you need to say. Well, I will say this. We got to call out. Uh, so did you, always, just, did you just, I'm sorry. Did you just create a new bit a while? Yeah. Say what you need to say. Look, <laughs> so I always go to look at, you know, uh, I pull up the wiki page because it's got like the reception area. You guys know about this. Normally it's got Metacritics at the top and then it gives a couple other review scores. I do want to point out mm-hmm. Slant Magazine does not like this game. <laughs> It, it gave it two stars, but GameSpot. I don't, Slant, I don't think Slant likes a lot of things. I don't think so either. But uh, GameSpot gave it a nine out of 10, you know? Um, so I, I'm interested to see, you know, when Chris pulls this Richard out and says what it is to him so far. I never lay it on the table. Oh. I, what do you, I think it's going to be like an eight five. I am. Yeah. An, an eight or an eight five. Uh, for the record on Steam. Well, hold on. He he did get to torture me throughout this title, so it's probably a nine point eight. <laughs> uh, Let's just be honest. I am between an eight point five and a nine right now, and I think I'm going to for because I don't want to overrate, and I don't want to say until I've seen the final system set it's a nine. Um, so for right. now, I'll I'll just say right now it's a preliminary uh, uh, eight point five. That's that's where nice. I would go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I can, I, I can, and we've been around each other so long. I knew that, and especially the way you talked about it day in and day out, mm-hmm. in a, in a very, I've, I'm going to say cute in front of all the people, a cute way that you do it when you like something, and it just never pulled me. I don't know why. Normally, you can pull me into games like that, right? I, uh, but I could tell that you liked it. I knew this wasn't a Sean game, right? Yeah, because you was- never officially, t- when you pull out Sean, this is the. This is right up your alley, man. This is a you game. 
Yeah, it works. You didn't never. You never said that this time. No. Did this he try was, to get uh, you, John? No, he didn't. No. I didn't know what to think if John would like this kind of game or not. Yeah. You know, I, it's like I don't know if he's ever played. Like, like I said, you know, it's like I doubt John's played something like Black and White, where like Black and White, you were just this god who could like be benevolent or literally cause chaos to every being in your, in your existence. <laughs> um, it's a fun, you know, who created that game, John, <laughs> who Peter Molyneux. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like him. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it was one of those things where the reason I did to, to Sean, where I was like, Sean hasn't heard this. So if I start telling him things, he won't hate me when I say Monday we should cover Cult of the Lamb. Right, right. And in all fairness, you mentioned it to me, and uh, mm. I, I I follow stuff like on Twitch. I see other gaming news, and it was popping up on a lot of places as yeah. kind of popular, you know. Uh, there was a lot of Twitch streamers, popular Twitch streamers who were playing it. And I was like, okay, buddy might be on to something. Yeah. But he's not always on the things. But this time, I think you, you, you picked a good one. Kudos to you for that review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think we also had some people in chat that who either want to play it, like it's in some sort of their backlog, or some people have actually played it and they already they were commenting as you were talking about things. Mm. Um, so there you go. Sweet. That's nice. All off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen we're gonna start off uh with some news that could get you down but harry potter fans i want you to know this don't let these muggles get you down all right here we go i'm probably not alone in the feelings about the delay news that we got about hogwarts legacy however while i may be sad i'm also like you know okay hogwarts legacy has officially been delayed my friends however we now have a solid for real for real release date the game is slated to release on february 10th of 2023 on pc playstation and xbox if you're wondering about the switch that uh, release date is going to come later from the official uh official twitter handle of at hogwarts legacy a tweet was sent out with the information that we just gave you along with this and this is a quote from that tweet the team is excited for you to play but we need a little more time to deliver the best possible game experience and uh like i said we're pretty much okay with this aren't we chris yeah for the most part i mean i don't have a problem with any game being delayed i can't say i was shocked because you know they said fall 2022 when they did their little reveal and then you get to august and you haven't heard a release date generally especially for something as large as harry potter um you would expect that they would want that out for a little bit so that they could build up a you know some sort of advertising campaign saying like, Hey, everyone out there loves Harry Potter. Now you can come play this open world, Harry Potter game. Um, you know, which is makes sense, but, uh, I guess it's just, I don't know. The thing I was pondering when I read this week, read this earlier this week was just like, I think honestly, outside of Capcom, there generally seems to be a lack of understanding at the high level of, how long it's taking to complete these games. Like they don't, it feels like they're thinking in timelines, at least pre COVID maybe as opposed to 
now coming out of COVID, right? That certain things just take longer because a, the games are bigger Two, You got remote workers, three, you got people get sick at any time. And four, you're trying not to crunch as much as you used to because, because that gets reported left and right. Exactly. So like you have all these things and it's like, I'm sure if you ask like the people at the ground level who are writing the code, they probably could tell you whenever they read these release dates, that's not happening. Um, but obviously the, the studio heads, they're probably a little bit more optimistic and then they have to go back and revise. And I get it. It's all about keeping your shareholders alert and happy and feeling like there's something coming right around the corner as opposed to later. Yeah, I, look, I, you pointed this out to me. At least we have a for real date that probably isn't going to get moved. I didn't say that last part. It's, pro- it's We have a release date. You do have a release date. <laughs> Which we never had before. Probably this, means it's this, coming in 2023. This is the real deal. It's happening. You tell it's happening. That. Well, what else do we, are we that far ahead where we know anything around February? Everything. You think they want? You don't know what's coming out in February. You're pulling my chain right now. Uh, Forspoken's in January. Right. Dead Space is in late January. Dead Space um, sucks, so it's fine. Oof. What happened? John's just going to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's Bioshock. This sucks. That's right. Um, What else is in February? <laughs> I feel like there's something that there's something big that's already been announced for February, but I can't remember what it is right now. Uh, there's nothing the, for February. There's the Team Ninja game that's somewhere. Is in Diablo there. in February? No, that's just first half of next year. Right, which technically could be February. Yeah, Redfall could be in that time frame. Wouldn't shock me. Redfall, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of games in that time frame if if the pattern holds true to how it was this year from last year. Right, everyone delayed out of the fall, and then it was like, oh, it was already between. February and May, it felt like. February is the new holiday. Yeah. No, I hey, it makes me happy. We'll be fine. I'm just we'll see how this plays out. Um, wonder if it's gonna have the success as like the thing John's about to talk about. I wonder. I don't know. I'm gonna play it whenever it comes out, I'll tell you that much. Well, there's this thing uh called the multiverses. Yeah, uh, which is a cool concept in and of itself. Yeah. Doctor Strange. And apparently, and yeah. apparently it's doing well. Uh, new platform fighter multiverses. I think this is a Disney property has passed 10 million players in three weeks time. No Warner brothers, Warner brothers, brothers. WB. Yeah. And the game is still in its beta form. According to tracker, uh, dot GG, uh, somebody type that in, uh, (laughs) the game has 10 million, 268,259 active accounts across all platforms since it uh, headed to open beta. Uh, These numbers haven't been officially reported or confirmed by the developer, but let's hope this doesn't represent the game's peak in beta form. So far, the game has proven to be a surprise hit. Um, Is, is I've seen a little bit of footage of this. Is it sort of like a open area fighting game? It's not a stage based fighting game. I've seen some footage where I thought it was, you were kind of going after each other in an open ish. I actually have no idea. Or is it a smash brothers game? I think it, I don't think it, it it's somewhat like smash bros. Um, from what I've seen, but I haven't played brothers. Yeah. 
Um, Smash Bros. Smash Bros. But I don't know. I just know LeBron James is in it, which is oh no, it does look like it's a little bit more like Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah, it's Smash Bros. ish. Apparently, Shaggy is very powerful, as he should be. As in, Shaggy can beat Superman in in this game. (laughs) Well, we already knew that. that (laughs) I'd probably have to pick Harley Quinn every time. Yeah, Yeah, you would. I, I know they're having some trouble as far as getting their season one content out and all that kind of stuff like Rick, uh, you know, Rick and Morty and well, I think Morty's in the game, but Rick's supposed to be coming. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's been very successful, which kind of tells you why the plot of space jam two was all about a multiverse of Warner brothers characters. Uh, I quickly looked at chat from a YouTube video and they're all excited that iron giant is in the game and he's as big as iron giant. It's all we ever wanted. <laughs> They're saying that's enough for them to want to play the game. Uh, you say that's all you wanted. Are you, I think you're about to read something that you may want and don't even know you want it. Uh, I definitely do. Half-Life 2 is getting a VR mode with a beta arriving this September. The open beta will release on PC next month. According to the VR mod team, quote, the wait is nearly over. The Half-Life 2 VR public beta is launching in September. And yes, we do mean this year. That's nice. The game will run via Steam VR, meaning any headset that uses the Steam platform can be used to play the title. The project was originally greenlit back in 2017. According to the team, quote, it has since gone through its own kind of development hell and was all but abandoned. In July 2021, new influx of team members has revitalized the project and is now close to actually being released to the public. I don't know if I, I mean, like there's part of me, I think it's cool that someone made this. I don't know if I'll play it just because, um, you know, I've played Half-Life 2, but but you've never played it in VR. I have played. Well, I've played Half-Life in VR, and I'm like, now I'm like. You played Alex. Yeah, I'm like, I want it to be like Alex. It has to be as good as Alex, you know, so. It might be. I don't know. There's whew, some of those creatures I don't know if I want coming in me. Uh, at, at what? VR. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That, that woke me up. That, uh, <laughs> that's it. Um, using the that's gravity. That's the worst thing you've said since Resident Evil made you pop. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that said, I don't want some of those creatures coming at me. Uh, <laughs> oh, the gra- man, the gravity gun. No, we have to, we have to settle on this for a little bit. A little bit. We the, can't move on. The Let's gravity just, gun is that VR? what comes in you? That might be fun to come in me in VR. <laughs> oh my god, all right, this is happening. <laughs> this is actually happening. Look, I'm I'm excited that it is a Steam VR title, and they, of course, the news team did a great job, you know, basically quoting this and saying that any headset can play it in Steam VR. That that's good news for me, a Meta Quest Two owner, bro. So uh, you said Meta. I may I may play my first Half Life, and you're like, why don't you play Alex? I don't have a headset that can play it. Yeah, you do. It's the same way. Yeah, you can link up to your computer. The same way. I didn't know that. Now I know, and knowing's half the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> are, are we good? Can we move on from Half Life VR? We're good. Or if do you want to bring something back up? I know this. If you want to know something, you can go to Google and search for it. You can. 
You can. You know, like in the old baseball movie, uh, if you build it, they will come. Ha! <laughs> uh, if you search it, you can play it. What? Uh, it would appear that Google has started to integrate cloud gaming services into its search results. In a series of tweets from the Nerf reports, Bryant Chapel, the feature is beginning to show itself rolling out across the search results pages. This new feature will give players the ability to directly launch a cloud game from the search results using Google Stadia. DJ Horn. The addition of a play button to select search results allows you to launch the game you search for directly from Stadia as long as the game exists on the platform. This could be a really interesting new feature that at least proves that Google isn't completely abandoning the platform. I got to go get a Stadia so I can search for things. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Oh. Why don't you guys sound excited? I don't know how cool this is. comparatively to what you can already do, you know, um, mm. I could have swore on the demo, the original demo of Google stadia. They showed this feature. Probably did. I well, so what I game do you mean to search real quick? What's on Google they, stadia? Destiny they, two. <laughs> they might've, what they might've done instead was, um, it's like, it's like they pulled up a YouTube video of Odyssey and then they clicked on Odyssey and it, immediately you were in the game playing it. I, I could be wrong. My memory could be mis misremembering. <laughs> hmm. Good uh, question in the chat by Acid Sugar. Uh do you need a stadia to play Stadia? <laughs> do you? <laughs> oh but I uh the the folks the folks who originally reported this or not originally but who did report it, some people say that they couldn't really get it to work. Um no. Speculating, speculating that could that it could be region locked um, in some places, like rolling out slowly over. Well, I, I got nothing areas. for Destiny Two. I did a Google search. There's no play button. Oh my god! Well, no, it, it's it's actually you search from the Google uh, the Google Stadia search feature. Okay, so go to go to Stadia. They're gonna no, think I'm well, gonna buy one. Yeah, you, go buy one so we could test this out. Stadia. You, We'll wait right here. Stadia.google. But, you know, it's it's interesting that you would think that, you know, with the history of Google abandoning everything that it touches, that they're still adding features to this. I I don't know that it's going to make a difference in the long run, but at least it's encouraging that they're Wii Uing this thing. They're giving it a full six years. I'm wondering if they're just going to let it die and then, like, work on it in a new form and then just you know when they feel like they're at the point where it's strong enough randomly one day call it something else right um Look, i'm not one to like completely just throw a deuce on a game right i don't think that's fair because there's people that behind the games that we see so Look, when i say that sh- friend of the show bk huh? loves google stadia he actually played odyssey on it and he i mean he says it runs like a champ now he lives in Atlanta. That could be, you know, yeah. You know, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure we could run it just fine. I mean, well, got, here's a I'm list of the games on stadia.google.com that they're saying you need a stadia for. These are highlighted games, right? Mm-hmm. 
Calico. Time on Frog Island. <laughs> they do have a Five Night at Freddy's up here. Uh-oh. Uh, Centipede Recharged. There you go. Rogue Book. And Those Who Remain. I'm trying if to somebody remember. if somebody types Google Stadia is better than Odyssey, you ban them. Your inst- insta ban. Heg, don't do it. Heg, don't do it. He's going for it. <laughs> Heg, don't do it. Hey, he really <laughs> don't. It's coming uh, inside me. What? What? Uh, what? What? How about um? And yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. What was the last game that even came out on Stadia? Odyssey. We don't know. That's funny. I know what Destiny is- Two came out with it. They promoted it like crazy. I mean, th- I think things are coming out all the time on Stadia. I don't, yeah, you know. like Centipede, mm. yeah, and Calico, um, Pressure Wash Simulator. That I game's amazing. A, I just saw a simulator game on Steam, <laughs> Cocaine Simulator. Dude, oh, they wow. have a bunch of simulators. John, be careful. Don't oh. turn your filters off. <laughs> and they have those available titles in VR. So don't be careful. Turn, don't you mean turn my filters on? Oh, on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know. Here you go. You can play Skull and Bones on Stadia. Hey! Hey! hey. 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 What uh, we're reacting to, ladies and gentlemen, is we have our first something is worse than Odyssey, and that would be Stadia. <laughs> we think. We could be wrong. We got a friend, like John said, BK loves it. Sean could play I, FIFA 23 on Stadia, apparently. I could. Yeah, I've got the uh, the fiber, you know, internets. So I could I could handle the Stadia's. The fiber internets, oh. yeah, but it's and it look they're saying I can get the pro for free, you know, for a month. I bet. <laughs> Remember back when it didn't cost free for a month? A month. I I was dude. It's so crazy to think how excited I was about Google Stadia. Do you think if they had a price increase, it would make you more excited, Sean? I don't. I kind of I kind of don't like price increases. I got to be honest. Oh. Well, I love price increases. Um, what? <laughs> he does. He loves inflation. <laughs> uh, so I was disappointed to hear that there will be no price inc- increase <laughs> increase for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa uh, has made it clear that Nintendo Switch will not be getting a price increase at this point. This announcement comes following the higher costs to produce the hardware. Indeed, Furukawa indicated that he wanted to avoid pricing people out. Quote, we're not considering the price increase at this point for two reasons. In order to offer unique entertainment to a wide range of customers, we want to avoid pricing people out. Our, comp- our competition is the variety of entertainment in the world. We also think about pricing in terms of the value of the fun we offer. Our products also include software. Nintendo has sold more than 100 million Switch units so far, and it's important to maintain the momentum of our overall business. Generally speaking, a weak yen makes domestic Switch sales less profitable. Smart move at this point, uh, for sure. If there's one one, uh, piece of hardware in the Switch lineup that would probably potentially see a price increase, it would probably be the oled uh because those those components on that that could be harder to find but at this point they're holding steady and um if they weren't 
the big software selling company that they are, this might be a very different story. Yeah. If you're them and even if you now have to, cause I don't think they sold the switch at a loss. If I recall when it launched, yeah. maybe, you know, if now like just by chance, any new switch comes in and it does, and you still say, well, that person's going to the day they get their switch by breath of the wild. They're going to buy Mario Kart, animal crossing, super smash bros. Uh, you know, just tons of their games. Um, whatever loss they are going to make on that person who's waited this long to get a switch, they, they will make it back in tenfold very quickly. <laughs> they are in a very yeah, good position. <laughs> Nintendo's, Nintendo's that rare video game company that doesn't really sell their hardware at a loss mm. while everybody else does. Uh, the exception, I think, was Wii U. They did sell that as a loss from the, from the jump, and we know how that went. Yeah. Um, they even made a profit. They made a huge profit on GameCube. Mm-hmm. People, think, people think of that console as a failure but it wasn't monetarily a failure you're not wrong. uh I, I know it feels like i'm zoned out i'm still on stadia i'm like <laughs> i'm looking at their what games you, and they should have, are, there's so many other games they should have showed on that front page i'm so they got darksiders tennessee over here man Show that. Yeah, yeah yeah that's uh darksiders tennessee man that's what i'm saying man they got a lot of good stuff like but not on that front page well, Sean, I have the one thing that can pull you back, and that's listen. I I'm already I already have a switch, Chris. Well, you don't have Splatoon three. I've got Splatoon two. Well, you know what? There was a Splatoon three direct, and I've got some what? announcements for you. Uh, first off, Octolings are playable again, and are merely a cosmetic difference from Inklings. They can use the same gear and wear the same outfits, etc. That's Turf- all Chris needed to hear. He's in. Right. Turf War is still the main game mode, but others are coming, which will include Anarchy Battles, which is the new ranked mode where players can compete for rankings and rotating match types. Big Run is also coming as a new mode where uh, Samoids, Salmon? Salmonids, okay. Salmonids. Yeah. Invade the city of Splatsville. Salmon Run is also making a return to the series. I believe that was a very popular mode. Uh, along with classic stages from previous games, new stages will be coming to Splatoon 3, but more plan to be added later in a free post-launch update. Uh, weapons will see a mix of new, familiar types and styles. All basics from the previous games will make their return, with brand new weapons including the windshield wiper-like Splatanas and the bow and arrow style Stringers. The game will also feature weapon modifications. Ooh. Splatoon is getting a card game, an in-game card game called TCG, uh, or I'm sorry, an in-game TCG uh, called Table Turf Battle that allows you to play in a competitive 1v1 card game spinoff of Turf War with over 150 collectible cards. Uh, Bet you that comes to mobile. Uh, Splatoon 3 will have a new story mode called Return of the Mammalians. Mammalians? Mammalians. Okay, yeah. I see mammal. Uh, (laughs) There's a secret here on Weekly Games Chat that we don't tell the audience, but I'm going to tell them now. Chris cannot read. I can read. (laughs) I just can't pronounce. What he does is he processes, he reads faster than he's speaking. Yes. And it uh, 
yes. return of the mammalians. <laughs> mammalians. Mammalians. Return of the mammals. <laughs> We're just going to say return of the mammals. And it focuses on discovering the secrets of the fuzzy ooze set within an area called Alterna. Nintendo. If, you gotta, if you got the fuzzy ooze, you got to. You gotta get that checked out. That's true. I know, I'll tell you this. It'll spread. We we probably messed up. Didn't they have a Pokemon Direct? And we just glossed right over that, didn't they? I don't, I don't think they did. Didn't they have something about Pokemon? And we just, or maybe it was the game everybody wanted us to play. Yeah. And we're like, know. you know what? No Pokemon love. Nintendo has committed three years of post-game content following the release of Splatoon three to keep players engaged and coming back for more. Y'all, Splatoon is fun. It really it is. is. I, I love it. So You've, I've never played Splatoon with you. How? Game of the year, Splatoon three. You want to play it right now? After Dude. after this, I'm down. John's, yeah. John's top three of next year: number one, Ravenous Devils; number two, Splatoon three, Bug Snatch; number two, th- number three, DC. <laughs> Superhero Bug high snatch. school. The sequel. The first one's so lit. They got no, a the, second one. No, the, the f- bug snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I say bug snatch. Bug snatch. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Oh. But yeah, uh, I actually didn't watch this direct. I'm a bad, bad, bad podcast host about video games. I was the world's most okayest podcast host when that happened. I watched it. And Did you? Yeah, it was like, yeah, there's a lot going on in this game. I'm excited. This is going to be good. And it's September 9th, guys. It's right around the corner. That's uh, I mean, less than a month. This is just going to become the Splatoon 3 podcast. Well, you know, in the early days, they played two games and for like five episodes. That's all they talked about. Oh, did you hear that little oh, out my throat box just then? Uh, I've did already you- <laughs> told you that it will be the Saints Row podcast for... Oh Lord! He's trying to he's trying to inception us about us talking about Saints Row. I don't know if it's going to stick. John, we shall play a Saints Row. Is that uh, is that September or October? No, that's like two weeks. No, eight weeks. Really? Yeah. No way. It might have to. We might have to cover it. I think the twenty third. Problem is, I never played any of the. Yeah, Yeah, um, I had a friend just text me, guys. We had a Pokemon presents. On eight three twenty two, it wasn't a direct per se. Uh, we're we're gonna start getting some hate if we keep excluding the Pokemons. What have they ever? John, done? I thought you, I thought you were gonna be Pokemon guy. When did I exclude the Pokemons? Daily. Well, you guys, we have a Pokemon hourly. Cor- we have a we have a Pokemon correspondent that you guys. He's never based in Atlanta. As you, he's you playing Stadia all the time. Him, you never want to have him on the show. You're he's like, playing hey. Stadia. All the time. To, I tried to get him to. I tried to get you guys to get him on to cover the Pokemon, the latest Pokemon game, and you just. Eh. You didn't sell it. Plus, he was traveling all over the place cooking Why food. Why I gotta sell it? Why do <laughs> we I? We were like, sell you it? know, we were like, John. Yeah, Pokemon's cool. Elden Ring just came out. Um. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Um. So, Chris, it's my turn to talk about Spider Man. August twenty third, Saints Row. Doubt me. It's again. my turn. Yes. So Chris bought Spider-Man PC, guys, and he has regrets. But yeah. that's not the well, that's not the title. Chris already uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. That was just your reminder that Spider-Man PC did launch to success. 
and a possible PC launcher. What does that mean? Well, the release of Spider-Man on PC has proved to be another successful launch for Sony. They got $60 of Chris's money, making it the second biggest launch for Sony on PC so far behind, guess what game? God of War. With news like that, it's no wonder that Sony may be developing its own PC games launcher akin to Steam and Epic Game Store. Of course they are. That would be used with its range of PlayStation PC re-releases. It was reported that files for the PC version of Spider-Man included references to a PlayStation PC launcher. Chris, you need to check those files to see if that confirms. Well, one, uh, I refunded it because I decided to wait. And, Son uh, of a biscuit. Yeah. What was I, wrong? Oh, nothing. He, had I just, he was I just, just like, why did I do that? I was like, I'm buying this right now when I don't need to buy this thing right now because there's other games that I haven't played that I should play. So I was like, let me not rebuy the game that I've beaten twice in my life already. Do you um, have the remaster on PS5? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I probably will. I mean, when it goes, I'm oh. sure the Steam sale this fall, it'll be on there probably for like 30 bucks and I'll grab it then um it's not anything it was it's very pretty it runs great it's probably the best looking and running version of spider-man that you could play um so if you have never played this game yes go buy it as far as playstation pc launcher i wonder if that's actually so when you start the game it kind of does that old school thing where instead of just going straight into the game it has a launcher first where you can go ahead and do your settings and all that kind of stuff and then you hit play and it actually opens the game so it's possible there i won't be surprised if playstation puts their launcher because all of them do it as long as they're not dumb enough to ever say we're not going to put our games on steam they should be fine um you know just don't do, you do that think <laughs> can you play these playstation games um with an xbox controller yes and that's nice. why that's that's the first thing I do is set up my elite controller to have all the little hotkeys that I need. <laughs> Love a hotkey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's very, very pretty. Very, very pretty. I uh, I love a good open world game. I'm so glad you didn't say I love a good leak. <laughs> but we kind of do, you know, after you drink a cold beer, you know, and you break the seal. Nothing like a good, good leak. leak. Nothing like a good leak, right? Well, there is a leak, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Avatar. Which, uh, oh, hi Harper! Everybody say hi to Harper. Look at that angel. Look at her. Oh, I can't. Dog eyes when the light hits them. Right. So Ghost. weird looking. Um, Avatar, open world game, has leaked. <laughs> Jesus Lord. No, not the blue people, the OG Avatar. Um, a new game called Avatar Quest for Balance. And we all in our lives struggle with that. We should quest. all have a quest for balance. Um, is seemingly in development after various versions have appeared on Japanese Amazon listings. Indeed, a Nintendo Switch version of the game has been listed with a November 8th release date. Game of the year. Oh my gosh. Uh, the game is being rumored to be published by Game Mill and is a self-professed publisher of casual games. So it's important to, uh, to temper your expectations on how ambitious this title could be. Nevertheless, I am very interested to see uh, what, um, what this could be. I've always 
wanted an avatar game of some sort. I know there's stuff out there, but kind of that open world vibe with the, with the, with the four kingdoms. I've always four kingdoms, wind, earth, fire. Yeah. Water four kingdoms <laughs> and right. <laughs> Thanks and, Zelda. And writing around those four kingdoms on the back of Appa. Yip, yip. Well, I'd, for me, I remember them because you always had to get them in Zelda games. The water tunic, the fire. T- okay, oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's uh, it's not wind, John. It's air. Get it right. <laughs> oh yeah, wind is wind is Captain Planet. And also, it's not the OG Avatar because James Cameron began an initial treatment of Avatar as early as 1994 with an 80-page draft for what would become a masterpiece. <laughs> Mods ban this guy. <laughs> nice. If if our friend Mike was still in chat or if he hears this, I wonder if he gets excited because he he's he loves Avatar. Like yeah. this version. Yeah, I mean lot. expectations should be tempered, obviously. This could yeah. be a this could be a open world game in the in the way that uh DC superhero girls might be an open world game. So we'll see. Which um we're gonna, we're gonna. You don't know when it's gonna happen, but we're gonna, we're still gonna cover that game. We can That's, make that one our our four hundredth episode. So what you're saying <laughs> is, John, you have to choose in a two day period between Skull and Bones, God of War Ragnarok, and Avatar: Quest for Balance. <laughs> well, I tell you this: if he wants to play Skull and Bones, he can get that on Stadia. It's there. Can you really? Yes. yes. <laughs> you can get the old premium edition, bro. Can Stadia play online with friends? Other other consoles? I think it would have. Well, that's called crossplay. That would be great know. if yeah, it's I on Stadia. Just, I should have just said crossplay, Sean. <laughs> it would be funny if you couldn't, and it was just like literally one server with ten <laughs> ships on Stadia. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh Lord. Um hey guys. Fern Gully, that's right. It, it is a it is Fern Gully. It is a little bit of Fern oh. Gully in there. Yeah, they said it was like uh Dances with Wolves and Fern Gully. And the Max really, of Aliens. That's really good. It's like you mix them together. It's not mm. bad at all. Mm-mm. Makes me feel all growthy. It makes me feel like we're at the end of news. That's what it makes me feel like. Finally, there's free. Oh, I'm so excited. Harper, stop looking at me. You know, guys, if there's one thing that we love here, it's, it's good. It's some yes. good growth. <laughs> <laughs> PUBG yeah. Battlegrounds officially went free to play on January 12, 2022, and has seen a quote steady inflow of more than 80,000 new users per day according to its parent company, Crafton. It also shared that, quote, the average revenue per user across all platforms increased more than 20% quarter over quarter. PUBG Mobile has also been performing well as it ranks second among global mobile games and has helped drive the company's earnings to $550.7 million. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. See, in that game, John, when, when, when you win... You get a winner. You get a chicken dinner. dinner. Me and Chris got one one time. Yeah, yeah I, I. That's why I put it in there. I, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, John was like, I wrote this 
I know. But John, the news guy wrote it. <laughs> John, you might not have heard this, but when you win. And I wrote it in war-torn Ukraine. You or did. It, it, dude, it, Ukraine. I, Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. I don't know. But we're having chili dogs for dinner. Oh, that's nice. Which makes me happy. Yeah, love a good chili. They're dog. not going to use the pink weenies, are they? No, we use. Uh, she's she's very picky about the weenies she puts in her mouth. I'm just saying. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah. Well, hot guys, dogs, boys. hot dogs. I feel like that's <laughs> the news that we should wrap this up. Yeah, I mean, Chris asked me. I'll tell you. <laughs> that wrap this up? Never. Please. <laughs> From the future? All the way. From the other <laughs> Well, unbeknownst to the folks who wrote emails in this week, you have no idea how much you have to compete with because our Twitch chat has been lit today. Uh, shout out to them before we get into uh, our, our emails. But if you want to be a part of that, you can definitely send an email into weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Uh, Got to be honest, you you guys have added so much to the show. Yes, it came uh, by way of threat by Chris and his Thanos. You seem you have it has generated. You know what generated under pressure? Diamonds. You guys have been diamonds. Okay. Look, I'm just I'm just saying, Sean. They've seen how I treat a co-host of the show when I get power. True. They should know that they 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 factor in far less than than them. <laughs> But we do have quite a bit of emails to read. It looks like there's six. So uh, we can definitely split these up. Two twos and twos if you boys want to. What? That's a lot of twos. I'll take the first two. Okay. Okay. From the bottom? Um, Yeah. Let's start. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a great one for you to read. From Kevin Hopper. I keep seeing someone playing this game on the WGC discord. Can you, can one of you check it out asking for a friend? <laughs> the name of the game is <laughs> someone, whoever it is, someone is playing, is playing destroying liberals. Uh, I've never, let me, is what is I, this on? I don't think this. Why is does a, that name they scratched out? Looks like it says <laughs> destroying the, I don't think nope. uh, that's a it's real not game. Not me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's um, probably not a real game. You can do the thing on Discord where if you're not doing a game, you can set it to a status and yeah, yeah, put in. And uh, this uh, this next email comes from Alejandro and comes from an interesting place, and we'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I can't wait place. to you tell everybody where that comes from, gentlemen. It, are he, is he talking to us? Uh, When my university campus reopened about a year ago, I decided that rather than renewing my parking permit, that I'd walk into work. It's a 30 minute, it's a 30 minute walk on, and your podcast makes the time fly. Thank you. Hey buddy. Thank you. Yeah. All at the risk of being a Zemo from Captain America Civil War. I have a divisive (laughs) question. 
<laughs> what phrase used by your co-hosts do you find the most <laughs> annoying? Uh, I'll go first. It's Sean's. <laughs> it's Sean's. You're not wrong. Why not say you're right or that's true or just yes? I'll pause here for what I know will be Sean's reply. Thanks again and keep up the good work, Alejandro. And this email was sent from his TI-80 calculator. That's impressive. Yeah, it's, it's legit. Um, you know, you're not wrong for using a TI calculator to send your emails Ooh. in. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I say you're not wrong because it's implying all the things you said. And it's also kind of implying that, you know, it's whatever. But I, 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 I'm sorry that I know you, but now I'll think of you every time I say it because I'm going to probably continue to say it. Um, I will say that the phrase that annoys me the most, Chris says, and it's more of a word. Eluded. And the word is SNES. SNES. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I figured that would be the case. Um, What annoys me the most that you guys say? I don't know if there's a phrase. The only thing that annoys me is John doesn't laugh, but like really laugh, but maybe once every six weeks. And when it happens, he can't be controlled or stopped. And as a <laughs> producer, I, it infuriates me. And as a person that generally happens because I'm reading something and Sean has made some catty comment in the background <laughs> and I'm just trying to do my job. I'm just trying to be the ma- you know the newsman, get through the the process, and um, and deliver you know the truth that the people need to hear. And John's just yeah, over there. Chris, that's called running over a joke that you do. Yes, I have to. And and if, but he he asked about I'm phrases, Cobble. not not something we do, but more of a phrase we say. Yeah, I said I don't. Well, that's why I preface. I said I yeah, don't know there's that. You messed up. You didn't get the assignment. I mean, you're not wrong for saying the thing you said. It's you know? it's it's definitely you're not wrong now. <laughs> and you can't say you're not wrong. You can't say you're right if I'm implying that you're not wrong. But it's usually the word "but's" kind of there, but not said. But you're five seconds away from going on the scorcher. <laughs> that's an inside joke yeah john what did we say that annoys you nothing you guys are perfect that's that's, that's the correct answer that's a lie that's the truth I am, i'm not annoyed by it but i i I've, I've been amused and i know i do it too where mm-hmm. we get into this thing where we use a word a lot Chris has been saying the word alluded to or the phrase alluded to a lot <laughs> over the past several weeks he right. tracks totally me. fine totally fine but nothing really nothing really annoys me uh, well chris makes a facial expression when he's explaining games he does this thing he he his his top lip kind of draws down like like this it's hard to you'll um sean i pointed it out just now yeah and you're gonna see it from from now on <laughs> yeah i i know what you're talking about uh um, but like you said it's not really it's, it's not at the point of annoyance. Neither of you annoy me at all. Yeah. On the show. On the show. Right. But uh, the rest Chris, of the- Chris, do you, do you want the next two or do you want me to get them? I'll do the next two. All right. Uh, first up. Uh, does he say a name anywhere? No. So we'll just go. This is from Sean. 
Hey. Except you don't know how to spell your name now. <laughs> hey, boys. New to the podcast. Just started two weeks ago. Y'all are. And then there's three fire images. Yes. That means we're nice. hot, John. Welcome to the family, Sean. <laughs> right. I hear you boys talk about all sorts of uh, from software games, but I haven't heard any sp- speakles about Mortal Shell. I myself loved it. Uh, thought it was a great challenge, and the lore had me hooked for weeks. Also, if you go to the movies, oh, no. it's a film. That is true. Um, I have <laughs> dabbled a little bit on Mortal Shell when it came to uh, Game Pass, but I have to say I, I played it for maybe about 20 minutes. At the time, it wasn't grabbing me just because it, it felt slow, you know, as far as the way you would your movement. It's an action RPG. Yeah, it's very much in a dark, it's a Dark Souls type game, like where. Oh, I'm get, out. Yeah. Yeah, you're out. <laughs> no, 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 Sean, you should try it. There's an ogre. <laughs> well, here's the deal. It, it was released, what, a few years ago? Yeah. We, 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 we're, we're, I say this the probability of, of us playing older games is not out the realm of possibilities. So we never know. I just, I've never heard of that game. Mm-hmm. That could be why I've never played it. But once again, welcome to the family. Thanks for emailing, man. It takes some people a long time to email. So, you know, welcome. And plus, you have a cool name. And um, some people, when they email, they just don't know how to make a short subject line. Uh, This next email (laughs) is from Tony, and he simply says, hey, guys, this is the subject line. Hey guys, me again. I hope this subject line finds you well. This one is a doozy and probably the best email I've written in thus far. You might go as far to say it's my magnum opus, but there's one thing better than my ridiculously long subject. And then apparently I snapped him because like Peter Parker, he has faded away from existence. The scene is actually Peter who, when he's actually started to fade away after he said he's scared. Yeah. The time where Sean was crying like a baby in the movie theater is Tony. Tony just got Thanos snapped. Are you going to now tell me that Maul got cut in half? Is is this what we're doing now? We're just spoiling yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, if I tell him there's like a beaver in Assassin's Creed 3, I get yelled at. Listen, but here's the deal. Qui-Gon Jinn died before Darth Maul got cut in half. Well, let me tell you about Connor and what Ooh. happened to him. <laughs> Uh, moving on with the emails. Uh, this title is called big thanks to the little Richards. This is from, um, Hey himself. Hey, WGC crew and Richards about a month ago. I emailed in talking about my podcast, the video game lounge. Since then we had a spike in listens and follows on Instagram. Wanted to give a big shout Ooh. out and thank you to all the Richards who have checked it out. I kindly, or sorry, I greatly appreciate it. Keep cool and game on. That was sent from Hegg himself. Yeah. Hegg is in the chat now. So if you're in chat, you can thank him. Uh, hopefully, Hag, you sent some folks our way too, you know, because uh, that that will be cool. But we're very happy that you, sir, are part of our community, no matter what. And finally, our last email this week. This is titled "Bidet Boys Chat," and this is sent in by Jawan, <laughs> our good friend. First off, good day to you, sirs. Good day to you. Good sir. day. Secondly, got my Steam Deck, boys, yeah, and let did. me tell you, it's phenomenal. Playing God of War on the go and Spider-Man seems surreal. Also got the thing bombarded with ROMs and emulators, and it's making me very happy. Currently playing on my Switch and Steam Deck quite um, quite often, and I want to get your opinion on this. 
First off, I really enjoy my Switch and Steam Deck because as I get older and have less time to play or I may be sore or tired from work, I can either play right on my bed or take my games with me as I travel or uh, at night when or right or right at work on breaks. Also, I don't feel I have to double dip as I can play the same game portable or docked without it being cloud-based as internet in the U.S. sucks. <laughs> uh, so with that in mind, do you guys think other console manufacturers are looking at Steam Deck and Switch's success and maybe try to implement something of the sort? Or are they content with just porting to the PC and Steam and leaving the hardware manufacturing up to them? Also, do you think that after Nintendo has seen has seen how well this works, would they ever consider going back to just a home console since effectively they have brought the portable market and home market as one whole entity instead of having a portable console and home console, you know? As always, keep up the good content coming and game on, guys. Um, sent by the only guy using Yahoo. I know. Yahoo. <laughs> I use the Yahoo. Uh, I use the Yahoo. Uh, but uh, no, thank you for the email. That's a good question. You guys want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I think most are just going to. I think Microsoft and Sony will probably just be fine with putting their games on Steam and letting that be the place. And of course, with Microsoft, really their bigger goal is to say, you don't even need a Steam Deck, right? Because our cloud is going to be so great and all this kind of stuff that you could just take your phone out or your tablet and, you know, as long as you've got your Xbox controller with you, boom, you've got an Xbox right in front of you. Um, Nintendo, I definitely don't think it's going back. I think for them, it's just kind of figuring out what's what do they think is most essential to keep this from maybe falling off? And I don't know what, I mean, maybe it's the network side of things that actually they're more concerned about than um, other things. Cause I don't think they're ever going to be in the, the race to have the best graphically intense portable device, you know, and they'll let steam have that title. Um, but you know, who knows, maybe, maybe they'll shock us. Maybe they'll come back and be like, yeah, by the way, this thing has, um, you know, high, you know, the best memory, the best like DDR5 memory with, you know, an MVME that's PCI Gen 4 and all this other crazy stuff. I have no idea, but I, I doubt it. Um, but you know, I think the big thing also for them is just maybe making sure they can do 4K next time. That's probably something they would like to have just so people can have that option, whichever way they go about it. In the chat, DY Dynamite says that, you know, basically Steam Deck is killing it. Um, the only thing it really lacks is adaptive sync, but being able to change the refresh rate is pretty close to mimicking that. Yeah. That so, could be nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. DY has a uh, Steam Deck, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 John, did you? My, my only comment on this is I, I have to believe as far as other um, hardware manufacturers, I have to believe that. PlayStation is always R&Ding a handheld concept. Whether they ever bring it out to market or not, I think there's always somebody out there in R&D who's got a passion for it. Whether that ever comes to fruition, I don't know. Um, But I think, because if you think about it, they haven't abandoned um, their VR yet in two or three years PlayStation Vita has still outsold anything, any, any sales in VR. 
Um, so the logic behind that is interesting to me. I don't, I don't really know what it is about their VR that they keep going with it. I'm glad they are. I'm glad that there's something that they're not moving away from, but I just, I believe there's any, if there's any console manufacturer out there who has left it on the table, they're, they're waiting, or at least maybe looking, always looking for an opportunity to bring that back into the market, whether they do or not. I don't know, but at least for now they are. I Uh, I think that, Oh, I'm sorry. You're not done. My bad. No, go ahead, man. I'm good. I think the reason they're keeping the VR a thing is because it was successful. I think it was possibly more successful than the PSP was, or at least no. the last iteration of the numbers they saw from PSP. Could no. be wrong. I don't know. Um, that's all I was going to kind of add, so I, I didn't want to cut you off. Plus, I mean, problem with PlayStation handhelds, and some people are going to say, no, they actually did have some good titles on it. Nintendo was able to have a Nintendo with a DS, right? And and it felt like there was always Nintendo content that was top-notch on it. Mm-hmm. My memory's escaping me, but did PSP lack content? Like, what happened? PSP, no. PSP had great content. Uh, PS Vita is is where the content... Kind of at fell least, off. It, at least, well, at least the promise of the Vita is 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 was its kind of its biggest problem. Because of the you know that game that was featured that you know when it launched it, it launched with an Uncharted game and it was yeah, kind of like that. this it was kind of like this console experience on the Vita but what it eventually ended up getting what it became was a JRPG JRPG machine and there was a loyal attach there was you go look up the numbers there's a huge attach rate attachment rate when it comes to the Vita people people who own this thing were buying software for it I mean there's yeah. this crazy loyal fan base behind the Vita. Um, I think it ended up pushing maybe for uh, 30 to 40 million units. That might be too generous. It might have been 25 million. I'm not sure. PSP though, PSP though was like an 80 million unit selling machine. Let's PSP see. did very well. Yeah, I was, I was, a, I owned both. Mm. So and, and then fell off. You owned a Vita? Yeah. I got one so, for Christmas. Just to highlight here i don't think psp sold decks and or yeah well like the high for the psp was in 2008 and that was 14 million units in a single year the high good the high for the vita was its like first full year after launch right and that was at 3.69 million and then next year was 3.4 and then just kind of went down every single year um you know that's according to statistica and that's what I'm that throws me off because that thing was selling. Wait, what did you just say the final number was? I don't I I'd have to pull a calculator out to give it, but what I'm saying, like when you go back to the PSP, There's right? A, you get TI eighty. Yeah, the PSP like from <laughs> from two thousand five from two thousand five to two thousand ten, the lowest number they had was like nine million a year, right? And then the highs were uh fourteen million for one year and 12 million the other the high for the vita was like 3.69 and then it just goes down you know it's like less and less every year uh to the point of when it got finally got canceled out uh in 2017 it was down to less than a million new sales that year and i think that's the thing it started trending down the psvr came out the gate slow and it's trending up yeah so i think that's why they're still held on to that um I, i don't and this specifically about nintendo I'm not going to say they're going to not make another console because Nintendo will throw a curveball 
if they feel like the curveball is where they need to be. So they may, but they've always mm. shown a passion for handheld, right? The DS, the Game Boy, and and when you watched, if you if you can, if your memory goes back, if you ever watched the video when they showed us for the first time in that uh, that conference that we kind of watched really late at night. It was the investors conference when they unveiled the switch for the first time. They ran a video and it talked about everything they had ever known they threw into this particular product. They'll always do that. Yeah. Um, so who knows what will come out of the Nintendo workshop? I'll buy it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think with the VR, they're gonna PSVR, they're gonna keep going on just because they see a chance, right? Like they know it's early stages of VR. And I guess in their mind is what happens if we get to the point one day where we can have a PlayStation VR that can be portable and doesn't require a wire, right? Just just goes and docks and you can run there. into walls. And yeah, you can sit there <laughs> and whenever you want, you can be on your lunch break and put your PSVR headset on and have Uncharted or whatever PlayStation title there and you can load it up and play it for 10 minutes, right? Um, and then go about your day that's probably what their hope is you know will it actually come to fruition time will tell i think it's probably a meta quest game at this point <laughs> i think they're gonna be the ones that are pretty hard to beat on that front you're not you're not wrong yeah. <laughs> see because that means he's not like all the way right but he's you know See, yeah. that's why I say it that way. Uh, we're going to pivot over to Twitter if you want to follow us there, of course, at Weekly Games Chat. Um, I tweeted out uh, something I thought was pretty cool. And uh, the Wave Race 64, guys, is coming to the Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion Pack uh, on 819. So that's going to be at the end of this week. You can you can circle back to the days of Wave Race 64. That was my jam. Uh, I got to say, uh, what did I want to say about this? Oh. Acid sugar. I thought you said, oh, there it is. I knew acid sugar replied to us and said one of the best OG racing games. And that of course is in acid's opinion. I also wanted to bring our attention and bring this to the show uh, at hyper Panda seven, two, four put out a, a poll today. And the poll was this. The question was, will breath of the wild Two be delayed again? We were mentioned weekly game chat was mentioned on this poll. I replied to us and said, maybe, astoundingly since the the vote um well i mean the vote i think i was the first vote let me just say that right now the majority of people are saying no it's not going to be delayed again your thoughts and prayers boys which came again breath of the wild 2 i don't think so i think they will wait until they're confident that they know you know the release date and once they say that, they will announce it and you'll have a direct. And then, you know, I'm sure it will be within at most six months of whenever they say the release date, maybe even three or four. I want to give a shout out to Splash Shirt um, at SplashShirt.com. Thank you for the follow, following you back. Remember, if you want to be a part and see things and stuff like that, you can definitely be on Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. But for the community aspect, if you want to come over to Discord, you can do that where you see funny stuff. Like you could see pictures of uh, Huck's food today. Huck was in our chat on Twitch. She said that she had some food in her Instapot and now the picture is on discord and you can see it. I'm um, also Chris hinted. Uh, who was it that said um, somebody basically said we need to, Oh no, 
PDHM said, I accidentally played Colt to the Lamb for seven straight hours after I opened it last night. You should definitely review it. And Chris, uh, Chris basically said, uh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. And it turns out we, uh, we did that. So also Yuri, uh, I gotta, I gotta say something to you. You have an email that you sent directly to me, but so, um, earlier in this, in this podcast, we mentioned when acid sugar arrived, maybe it was offline. You guys didn't hear this, but acid wrecked my stream. Um, we had a joke kind of going. Acid said this line, I love wrecking it. I then said TWHS. Yuri said the Woodlands High School. We'll leave it there. Uh, here we go. 810. Was that, when was 810? Did I already say that? That was Wednesday. Um, somebody, oh, it was Yuri. Yuri again. So the next two things are from Yuri. Uh, this was a response to our friend at Nacho Gamer. Um, if you guys remember, Nacho had told us last week to play old games. And Yuri said, I'm all in for weekly retro games chat spinoff. Got a couple of likes on that. Yuri also said, this is for DJ Haygood. That's me. As I'm going through the WGC library, I just heard the story about Zelda Breath of the Wild save game. Man, that was tense. And I'm not sure what's going to happen, even though I knew the ending, because you mentioned in another episode that you recently finished it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it if you're still listening to it, but I had a I had a quandary. I had an issue with my save file. It was it was stressful. I'm happy you got the save back, and I have to admit you had a Hollywood script series of events that worked in your favor. Because if you don't have Nintendo subscription, you have to transfer the saves from the old Nintendo to the new one. Because according to Nintendo, quote, game save data cannot be saved or copied to a micro SD card. End quote. Yeah, that bothered me. My older son has the original Switch and my younger son has the light version. I occasionally play on both, so I figure it out soon enough, not just that saves stay in the internal memory, but also you can't copy, but only move the save from one device to another. The process is easy enough, but can be annoying if you switch between the devices often. So when I heard you um, heard you sold the Switch, thinking everything got saved to the SD card, which you had, my blood got cold anticipating a tragic ending. <laughs> I learned my lesson that save files can should be backed up as often or often if you don't have cloud save when my PS4 got stolen. Oh, yeah, I do remember. He says he told that story a while back here. Lost a few saves. Luckily, I didn't have many PS4 games at the time and we have PS Plus. Uh, so saves were safe. Saves were safe. I wish uh, there would be an option to share the cloud save with the rest of the account on the console. Um, so. This is a uh, this is for you guys. Manually back up your saves once a month to prevent that. PS, unfortunately for Switch, there's no other option to back up your saves except for on the aforementioned cloud. If your device breaks or gets stolen, you are screwed. I just realized that and it made me sweat a bit. Uh, last email on our Discord is from Panda Claus. This was sent at six o'clock today, so this is fresh. What's up, Weekly Games Chat crew? What, what up? up? Uh, staying with the cult topic. Which fictional character would you instantly say yes to joining their cult? Mine would be no question be Batman. The Dark Knight would be my lord and savior in a heartbeat. Love the shows. Uh, love the show, guys. Game on, boys. So fictional character, we instantly say I'm in your cult. Fictional character. I mean, if Luke Skywalker wants me to join the Jedi, then, you know, 
I have no problem with that. That's a great answer. But the Jedi, the older I get, they're a cult. <laughs> they might be, but what about, you know, the Sith? Oh, Here I yeah. go, right? There's the other side of cults. Um, uh, Ron Swanson, if he started a cult, I would join his cult. Yeah. Uh, Ron Swanson. Who's Ron Swanson, Sean? He's on that terrible show you watch that I don't know how we're friends from. I right. know it. As the sugar says, the Jedi or cult know what's about it. <laughs> I actually... Mm, I don't know. Part of me wants to, you know, just go, yeah, Jedi, because, you know, Jedi. Um, you would join Hogwarts. You know yeah, it. but that's not a character. You would follow Dumbledore. I probably would join Dumbledore. You would be in Dumbledore's army. I yep. would totally be in Dumbledore's army. There it is. That just made me happy. Um, Where are you guys at? I need to see you guys because I got to do things. <laughs> uh today at 803 so that is two minutes ago punkhead he got a great picture of john you could also see that in our general chat for mm-hmm. everybody who's listening have fun with that uh, but ladies and gentlemen this has been episode 369 mm. of the world's greatest podcast about video games weekly game chat my name is sean and we appreciate you uh, if you want to download uh, our podcast, wherever you do that, make sure you leave us a five-star review because folks like yourself can find us and our community can grow. Speaking of our community, if you want to be a part of the Discord, we just kind of highlighted how to do that and that it exists. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Weekly Game Chat, how you do that. And of course, if you want to send an email to us, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. If you want to watch us, twitch.tv, Weekly Game Chat. Speaking of which, shout out to the chat that was watching this week with us. You are amazing. We appreciate you guys so much. Speaking of amazing, John and Chris, you are amazing. And this is the point where I look at you and say, uh, game on, John, game on, Chris. Game Game on, on, Sean. Game on, Chris. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. And uh, peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. (laughs) Thug life.